0: So how is it that somebody could be full of confidence and yet at the same time feel inadequate? How could they be full of faith and yet lacking? How could these two things coexist inside of the same person? And yet this man that we're going to talk about today was asked the question, do you believe? And his answer was yes and no, both. He had belief and he had unbelief, but there was something inside him that said, don't stay there. And so this man asked for help. And that proved to be the game changer in his life because he decided that he didn't want to settle. He did not want to stay in uncertainty and in doubt. His faith was searching for a home. See, faith is one of those things that we have to realize that it actually needs an object to be placed in. You don't just have faith. You have faith in something, or you believe in someone. And faith in itself is actually unproven until it finds its home. Today, we're continuing this series called "To Change a Life," and we're going to be looking at the story of a father who has a son with a physical condition. Scripture calls it epilepsy or, or seizures. But what's unique about this is this physical condition had a spiritual root. The, the, the Bible tells us that it was caused by an evil spirit. And so this story is found in Luke chapter 9. It's also found in Mark chapter 9. And we're going to be looking at, at Mark's um, <clears throat> translation of this. And it talks about this father who, who his son is struggling And he decides to go to Jesus' disciples to ask for help. But they weren't able to do anything. They weren't able to cast out the Spirit. They weren't able to, to bring healing. And so this story captures the man turning his faith to Jesus. And he is now coming to Jesus and asking if Jesus... Can help. And we're going to pick up the story here in verse 22. It's in your bulletin. It's also going to be on the screen this morning. Just three verses that we're really going to be focusing in on today. The Father said to Jesus, He said, If you can do anything, please help us. He looks to Jesus now to place his faith in him. And here's Jesus' response If you can. Now, I want to ask you this Have you ever answered a question with a question? He, he he says, if you can help us, and Jesus says, if I can. He really was answering the question, absolutely I can. But, but this question, what was so important about it was it actually pointed out the fact that the deciding factor in what was about to happen was not based on Jesus' power, it was actually based on this man's faith. And so Jesus gives him some encouragement and gives him some direction next, and he says... All things are possible for him who believes. Jesus is helping this man now center his faith on him. And the father's response is really the key passage that we're going to look at today. He said these words, I do believe, but help me in my unbelief. Two things that seemed to contradict each other existing together inside of the same person. Other translations of this passage say, I do have faith. Please help me to strengthen my weak faith. I have strong faith and I have weak faith. I have belief and I have unbelief. Anybody ever been there? You don't have to raise your hands. But you ever been there before where you felt like both of these things were inside of you at the same time? And this story has a lot of different takeaways that we could look at today. But the focus in these few verses is undeniably on the Father's faith or lack of faith. See, faith at its core is when you place complete trust or confidence in something. That's faith. Complete trust and confidence in something or someone. The Bible uses three synonyms. Those words are... Belief, faith, and trust. When you place complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And so there's a backstory to this these three verses here. And the backstory again is that this man had gone to Jesus' disciples to ask for help. His son had major physical and spiritual issues. And the father decided to go to the disciples. He'd heard stories of Jesus, this miracle maker. Jesus maybe was not available at the time. He'd gone to the disciples and asked the disciples to help and they were unable to help. And I want you to notice something here and and, and then I, I want us to turn this internally here. This man's faith took a hit. And I want to ask you if you've ever been there where you had Uh, you, You were so desperate. You were so hopeful about a certain situation or you were so hopeful about a certain outcome, but it didn't work out the way that you were believing, the way that you were hoping. Has your faith ever taken a hit? See, our faith has strings attached to it. When one area gets rocked in our life, we feel the tremors in other areas as well. Has your faith ever taken a hit. You can understand where this father was then in this situation. Maybe maybe you've never had a sick child. I mean, this kind of sick. Maybe your situation is completely different. Maybe what you were expecting, what you were hoping for was, was completely different. But it didn't play out the way that you had hoped, the way that you had believed. And your faith took a hit. As I mentioned, there, this passage has a number of takeaways that we could really look at today, but I want to start with this. Let's start with this one thing here. Our faith is meant to always grow. That seems like a really um, broad statement, and we're going we're gonna to dig into that a little bit today, and actually we're going to cycle back around to it a few times. But I want to make this statement as we start. Our faith is meant to to always grow, grow deeper, grow stronger. That's God's intent in our life. But but we often find our faith weak and fragile. When something comes in our life, when a situation rises up, we often find that our faith is, is weak in this area or it's, it's fragile. Maybe it was an area where your faith had taken a hit. Maybe it's an area where it just had never surfaced before. Maybe it was an untested area in your life. But this father was dealing with uncertainty. He was dealing with unsureness. In fact, he described it as unbelief. His faith had taken a hit, and it needed an opportunity now to be proven. And in reality, it was Jesus who needed an opportunity to be proven in this man's life. And that's what's so great about how this story unfolds. This man came to Jesus with his unbelief. We'll come back to this, but let me ask you a question. You know there's areas in your life, all of us, we have weak faith. You could call it unbelief. You could call it, um, you could call it whatever you want. The question, the game changer, is that this man came to Jesus with it. He didn't hide it. He didn't compartmentalize it. He didn't try to ignore it and act like it wasn't there. He came with honesty and he said, Lord, I believe I really need some help in these weak areas of my life. See, at some point, this man, this father, may have had confidence in himself that somehow he was going to be able to help his son. Maybe at some point he had confidence in his circumstance that the boy would just simply outgrow this issue. We know that when this story takes place that neither of those were the case because now he's coming to the disciples and he's placing his hope in the disciples that they would be able to do something. His faith had not found its true object to be placed in. It was uncertain. He called it unbelief. So here's something that I believe this story shows us. And that is that unbelief is faith that has not found its home yet. Unbelief is faith that has not found its home yet. Let me talk about this for a little bit because scripture tells us not to place our faith in our circumstances. Now, there ought to be people who would say something like, amen, or that's right, or that's good, or yeah, that's right. Like, there ought to be somebody in here saying, absolutely, do not place your faith in circumstances. There we go. Thank you. I was waiting for the cue. Otherwise, we're just going to keep going back around here. Don't place your faith in people. You probably have been there before, and there's probably wounds, and there's probably hurt. Don't place your faith in your wealth. Don't place your faith in wisdom or your own understanding. There's only one place, Scripture tells us, that is able to not only hold our faith, but actually fulfill it. It's called faithful. And that's the Lord. So here's how David said it. He said, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. His son, Solomon, must have learned from his father because then Solomon writes, and he says this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, but do not depend on your own understanding. I would have to say, as I look out over this room, that maybe we've got a a, 50% 50% ratio of men to women in here. Men, I'm, I'm going to point at you right now, you have a lot of confidence in yourself, usually. It doesn't mean that women don't. But I want to point out something here. Solomon, who was one of the wisest men to ever live, he said, Don't put your faith or your trust in your own understanding. Don't put it in other people, but don't put it in yourself. Listen to me, men and women. You'll let yourself down. Don't do it. Paul writes later on in the scriptures, he says, your faith should not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Listen, there's a lot of things that we shouldn't put our trust in. (laughs) We could probably make a really long list of things not to put our confidence in. There's one thing that we're called to. There's one person that is faithful, and that's the Lord. Now, I want to point out something, because unbelief is different from disbelief. And I think this is something that you've got to be able to separate. Disbelief is refusing to accept something or someone. You're you're closed to it. Unbelief is you're searching for someone or something to put your trust or your confidence in. You're open. This this father was open. He asked Jesus to help him in his unbelief. I've heard unbelief described as undeveloped faith. I really like that. Undeveloped faith. It's an area of your life where your faith still needs to grow and mature. It's not disbelief. It's not that you're opposed. It's not that you're closed. It's just simply an area that hasn't matured yet. It hasn't developed. Now listen, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, there are areas in your life you still need to grow. You still need to mature. There are areas in your faith that still need to develop because God intended our faith to always grow. So let me give you a couple examples here because we have areas of strong faith and we have areas of weak faith or or undeveloped faith, areas that we need to grow in. Perhaps, let me give you an example. Perhaps God has proven to you that he is going to take care of you and your family financially. He has proven himself to you as your provider. But when you get a diagnosis of cancer, it's completely different because you may not have strong faith in God as your healer. You can have faith or belief and weak faith or unbelief at the same time in your life. You can really look to God, have strong faith in him as your provider and have weak faith in him as your healer. Those two things can coexist inside of the same person. What I love about this father is that he was honest about it and he came to Jesus with it. I've got faith, Lord. but I really, really need your help in other areas where my faith is weak. And here's part of the great news about this. Unbelief is often the area of greatest potential for God to do something in your life instead of looking at it as something that that ends up being some kind of a dead weight or some kind of of a trap for you or some kind of a weakness, that you could begin to look at it as an area of the greatest potential. If you would surrender that to the Lord, if you would come to him with it, and you allow God to prove himself in that area, that he could do amazing things in developing your faith in that area of your life. That area of unbelief has the greatest potential in it. Again, faith is something we all need to grow in because when you place your faith in God, it doesn't mean that that faith is automatically strong or, or what scripture would call abiding faith, like deep, enduring, strong faith. Let me, let me give you an example. One of the reasons why at the end of our services on a regular basis, we give people an opportunity to place their faith in Jesus, to trust him we do it every single Sunday, an opportunity to, to make that decision. I place my trust, my belief, my faith in you. Just because you make that decision does not mean that your faith is strong. It's the reason why we ask people to let us know as a church that you made that decision. Because you are in a fragile faith season. Your faith is not strong. It's not mature yet. That's not a a knock against anybody. It's pointing out the fact that just because you say yes to Jesus, just because you believe in him now does not mean that your faith is strong. And as a church, we want to be there to encourage and to strengthen during that season. Does that make sense? Just because you say yes does not mean that your faith is automatically strong faith. And so every one of us is in this dichotomy of saying I have belief and unbelief in my life at the same time. Again, the game changer is do we come to Christ with it? Do we say, Lord, I, I, want, I need some help in this area. And, and there's a number of, of ways Scripture tells us that we can strengthen our faith. Reading Scripture, absolutely at the top of that list of just getting into God's Word and learning who He is and His character. That increases our faith. Praying and just spending time communicating with God, it, it increases our faith. But I want to point out something that Scripture is actually incredibly clear about, and it goes completely against our nature. And that is this, the single greatest way to strengthen our faith is to go through times of testing. Trying times. It's in those difficult times in life that our faith seems weak. And a lot of times, maybe this resonates with you, our faith just flat out seems absent. It's not just that it's weak, it just seems that it's not there at times. In those trying seasons. But the Bible teaches us that it's actually God's design to refine us like gold is refined in a fire, that there is heat that's applied. And we don't like the heat. Let's be honest. We don't like the heat. But we like what it produces. And I think that really becomes the biggest disconnect for us. It's difficult. Knowing that our faith is strengthened and deepened in testing times does not make it easier. It does not make it attractive. It does not make those difficult seasons something that we rejoice in. But it's important for us to understand that no matter how painful they are and no matter how contrary to our natural thinking they are, they're actually good for us. At least from God's perspective, they are. Here's how James wrote, talking about this concept, taking it to a, a, a level that's way beyond our natural thinking. Here's what he wrote. Consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, doesn't that just not set well with you? With, with what the Bible would call our flesh, our, our nature. I don't want to be happy about difficulties. That doesn't make any sense. Rejoice in my troubles. But here's what he said. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And if you'll let perseverance finish its work in you, you'll be mature and complete, not lacking anything. These trials prove our faith. They test it. They strengthen it. In fact, you could say that a faith that's not been tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. A faith that has not been tested, that's not gone through the fire, you don't know its actual strength. You don't know if you're strong in a certain area until that area comes up in some kind of a trial. See, we find a lot of Bible passages that talk about this spiritual truth that a a strong faith must be tested. To to illustrate it um, in in the physical sense, if if you're an individual who works out, let's say you're an athlete or maybe you wouldn't even call yourself an athlete but you work out, at least you're in that category. You understand that in order to strengthen your muscles, you actually have to tear them down. You actually have to go through some, some difficult training that produces some pain, but that difficult training and pain produces a desired result. My son Braden and I go to the, go to the Y a couple times a week, and this last week, um, I, I raised his weight without telling him on, on all of his reps. He was able to do the weight that wasn't a problem. But when he got home, his muscles were sore, and he had never experienced this before, right? So, so now when you're, when you're like, yeah, I go to the gym, like you call it muscle pump, you know, you're buff, and, right? There, there's a swelling that happens, and there's, there's a pain that's associated with it. But it's the first time that my 12-year-old son had ever experienced it, and he was like, Dad, I don't, I don't like that. That's, that's dumb. Why does this have to hurt? Right? But you know, if you've gone through that before, you know that in order to strengthen your muscles, you've got to put them to some kind of test, and you've got to actually put strain on them, and you've got to actually um, produce pain in order for that to translate into strength. And it's no different when it comes to your faith. See, I think one of the reasons why we settle and we compromise in a lot of areas of what we would call unbelief in our life is we're not really interested in working out. We don't really want to experience the pain in our life. There's no way that we would consider it pure joy. We don't even want to experience the pain. And so we'll oftentimes not take that unbelief to the Lord. Because we know that it's going to require some challenges. We know that there's going to be some difficulties in front of us if we really want to see that area grow and strengthened. And so we'll settle. We'll settle to, to have both belief and unbelief in our life at the same time. I've come to realize that, that our trials in life have less to do with our actual situation and more to do with our faith. God will oftentimes allow us to go through uncomfortable seasons, trials of our life in order to grow us. And as our father, we recognize that he's actually less concerned with our comfort and more concerned with our heart. But that's a really difficult concept for us to grab a hold of at times. Because what we would like is for the Christian life to be easy, comfortable, prosperous, and all those things. We don't naturally want to lean towards the trials. But Scripture is incredibly clear on this, to see that this is the way that God has designed it. So you know, you understand that this father had gone through a difficult season as a parent watching his son struggle. I mean, if you read the backstory on this, you, you hear him describe what was happening to his son. He'd gone through some difficult seasons. He'd placed his hope in a lot of different areas, and, and it fell through, and his faith took a hit. And so he turns to Jesus. Jesus, can you, can you help? Jesus says, everything is possible. This is, this is about your faith. Everything's possible for him who believes. And the father responds with honesty, I I believe, but I also unbelieve. I I struggle and I and I need your help. The end result of this story is is a miraculous healing. Like We don't want to miss that. I don't want to just talk about these three Scripture verses and skip over the fact that Jesus miraculously healed this boy in both the physical and in the spiritual. He healed him and he set him free. He proved himself faith-wise to the Father, and he healed the Son. And I want you to recognize something here, that if you have unbelief, In your life, it really is time to look at it for what it is. It's an area where God could actually have the greatest impact in your life. But you can't want to stay there. You can't be willing to settle. You can't adopt a mindset of, I'm going to take the comfortable road no matter what. The father in the story didn't want to stay there. And I want to encourage you to ask the Lord, simply ask him to help you in your area of unbelief. Because here's the goal. It's our very last point. Here's the goal. Mature faith. Mature faith is a faith that has been placed in God and it's been proven in life. That's what mature faith is. It's found its home in God. It's been tested and it's been proven in life. That's what mature faith looks like. And there may be some of you in this room today who have been putting your faith in the wrong place. You may not even recognize it yet, but your faith hasn't found its true home. You may have placed your faith in a person And I think that everybody in this room would acknowledge that that's been an unhealthy thing at different times. To even place your, your faith, your absolute faith in your spouse is unfair to them, and it's unrealistic to you. You may have placed your faith in a church. And I'm sorry to tell you guys, but a, a church will let you down. And I'll tell you why. It's real easy. It's filled with people. It really goes back to the first one. A church will let you down. A denomination. Guess what a denomination is? It's a group of churches that are filled with people. It'll it'll let you down. Personally, for this church, going through a season of transition in the next Six months here, you might be placing your faith in certain people during this transition. And I want to warn you, that's not good. You might be placing your faith in just the church, the corporate group of people. And I want to warn you, your faith is misplaced and it will ultimately lead to hurt and disappointment. And I want to caution you, misplaced faith often becomes wounded faith. It's really important that our faith finds its home in the Lord. It needs to be growing. It needs to be strengthened. And again, I want to encourage you today to place your faith in the Lord in those areas because they are the opportunities for God to prove himself in a really big way in your life. So you might be here today. We're gonna wrap up and, and I just wanna say you might be here today and you might not be a believer. You might even call yourself an unbeliever. And here's what I wanna say about that. Your faith, when you say that you're an unbeliever, I wanna not just encourage you, but I wanna declare something. When you say that you're an unbeliever, I believe that you have faith that's on its way. I believe that your faith is in progress. And I want to give you an opportunity today to very simply find, let your faith find its home. That you would not place it in people, you'd not place it in circumstances, you'd not place it in yourself, you'd not place it in your stuff, you'd not place it in your career, you'd not place it in any of those things that will not be faithful. But you'll place it in the one person that scripture specifically calls faithful and that is the lord so here's what i like to do before we finish up today if you are ready to place your faith in god it it simply starts by you saying jesus i want to follow you i'm going to trust you to lead me that's what it is to place your faith in him we talk in church terms, we talk about Jesus coming into our heart and there's a big disconnect for a world that doesn't understand that because it's 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 filled with pictures and you know it's it basically means that you are saying I trust you to lead me. I place my faith in you. And I simply want to give you an opportunity to make that decision today. Maybe it's the very first time that you would that you would make that decision. But also it could be that you have somehow misplaced your faith into something else in the past. And it needs to be re-centered on the one faithful person on the Lord. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. If you guys would just bow your heads, close your eyes. This is a very personal moment between you and the Lord. And I want to invite you to simply pray this prayer. And you can say this, Jesus, I declare that my faith has found its true home. I place my faith in you. I ask you to take the lead in my life. I place you at the center of who I am and all that I do. And I ask that you would forgive me of my sins, give me a brand new start to follow you now from this day forward. Amen.